And another episode of your best year starts here. Episode 142 with Neil Martin and Nigel Risner. How you doing, mate? Good to see you. I'm, I'm a bit tired. I've been watching the Olympics, a little bit naughty, been watching the Olympics, some sports that I've never heard of, sports that I've never watched before, but very exciting to see the culmination of people who thought they were doing the Olympics last year, then they weren't doing the Olympics last year, then they thought they might be doing it this year, then still didn't know until about four weeks ago if they were going to be doing it. And then think about this. Imagine your training regime if you were peaking for last summer, uh-huh. And then it doesn't happen. And then you're training all of this year, and you still don't know it's going to happen. And then either you get a major injury or COVID, and then you've still got to decide, are you going to perform? And then you have to perform at the highest level. So there's a theme to all this, because we have what's called non-consistency days and weeks and months and we both had it with our diets where we really focus and then we get a curveball thrown at us and it could be a wedding it could be a confirmation it could be some bereavement and then we don't train as well but these olympians have had in theory four now five years to get ready for the last one and the next one's only in three years time and there's a world championship next year and their whole schedule is out of sync. The problem is you don't hear about them complaining because they have a job to do. So the question is for all of us, do you focus on where it is that you need to be? Are you moaning about what it is and it's not fair? Bearing in mind the whole world has had this COVID pandemic, but it is amazing those that have stepped up and have improvised in different ways. So the theme really for me today is what do you do when life throws you a curveball? But more importantly, are you willing to put in the effort when no one may be watching? Because in theory, for you and I, we're used to going on stage. You do a phenomenal job. 170 people do a standing ovation, and that's phenomenal. And then all of a sudden, there's no applause. It, it's gone from... Um, no, no, there's still no applause. There's but, silence. Well, no, it's, it, it's gone... Uh, there's silence. It's gone from that to leave meeting, hasn't it? No, it's even worse than that, because sometimes you don't even get to see their faces. No. And then you go one stage further. So I did something for the first time, and, and that, next week's theme will be about what have you done for the first time, where I was an avatar on a campus. I saw that. I saw that. A virtual campus. So... Not only wasn't I real, not only weren't they real, and there were some names, and then half their mics didn't work, so they were raising hands, and then they could stand up and clap in the middle of a question. It was most bizarre. But here's the point, that I didn't have time to say to them, look, I haven't really rehearsed this very much. Uh, Can we do it in a couple of weeks, and can we do a dress rehearsal? Because that's not the way life works. This is not a dress rehearsal for the rest of our lives, as we've shared many times. This is it. Yep. So how do you practice? How do you perform? And so I don't know how many speeches you've done in your bedroom where you've been thinking about the speech you wanted to give. Or for me, I do my best speeches just for the record. It's going to sound a bit pervy in my shower. And, you know, and if people could only see me in my shower, the speeches that I deliver in my shower, are just unbelievable. And then, of course, at 59 years old, I've now had a birthday. And after two brain aneurysms, I can't remember the brilliance that I shared in the shower by the time I've come out of the shower. But you've got to be ready I think it was 
and it will come to me in a minute, it's much better prepared and not have the opportunity than have the opportunity and not be prepared. Yeah. And I think people are waiting till this pandemic, quote unquote, finishes to get ready. Well, you got to be ready today because there are going to be people who get called in for interviews. There are people who are going to be called in to do meetings. And then I was watching a review about TikTok, okay? Have you been on TikTok? I had a brief foray into TikTok uh, about okay. 18 months ago and decided it wasn't for me. Okay, but are you aware there's something called TikTok resumes? No. You can upload your resume, but you're doing it, obviously sharing it, speaking it, showing your personality. Now, if you think of the type of industries like creative, marketing, advertising, hairdressers, yeah, I, I, there's thousands I've left out, obviously, but... You're creating your resume, showing yourself up on a, on an app that's going to let other people who are like you see you. Or you could just send your resume out like everyone else does, your CV, depending on which country you're in, hoping that will stand out. Now, we know that people like to see pictures. They like to view, hear your voice, and see your real, authentic self. So why aren't more people doing it? Why aren't more people putting videos up on LinkedIn? Why aren't people using Facebook? Because they're waiting for this magic moment. And I'm telling you now, this magic moment is now. I, so, th- you know- I, I, th- I think there's a couple of things there, actually. And I mean, the first thing when you, you, you started this episode, the words that went through my mind were, you know, living the solution, not the problem. As in, I think far too many people get bogged down on the problems that come up in their life rather than going, okay, well, how do I focus on how to solve this? You know, and that's not a judgment of anyone because I think we've all done it at points in our lives. But I think the reality is, you know, the only way you change stuff is to go, okay, well, what do I need to do next? Not why has this happened? You know, if you spend too well, long you trying to, if you, you, I mean, you can ask why have things happened or whatever. But if you spend too much time focusing on what the problem is, the problem doesn't change. Whereas if you, you know, detach yourself from it slightly and go, well, how do I fix this? How do I move forward? What's the next right thing to do? You know, a question I like to ask is what would love do next? You know, it's like, how do I move forward from here in a positive way? But it's not just how do I, it's I need to now do it. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've witnessed over the last 18 months, two years is one, you know, a lot of people that have got caught up in the fear of the problem, and they're overanalyzing the problem rather than trying to figure out what to do about it. You know, and when I say what to do about it, I don't mean how to solve the pandemic. I mean, how to move their own lives forward during it. I think the other thing I've seen is a lot of people who figured out what to do, but like you say, they're now waiting for that perfect moment to start doing it. And that perfect moment's never going to come. You know, and if we take things like video, I mean, I, I don't know if I've spoken about this on the podcast before. I've done it loads of times on stage. You know, there are only two reasons people don't like being on video. Yeah, one is they don't like how they look. The other one is they don't look how they sound. Um, there is a, a very quick exercise that I quite often do from stage that can break the beliefs around that and get people doing it. But the issue here isn't so much a, or the issue I think you've just described, isn't so much a, I don't like doing video. It's more a, I don't see the point in doing it right now. And that's a, well, and that's a whole different honest. thing. Yeah, but let's be honest. Most people don't like seeing themselves on camera. Yeah, but you know why? All- well, no, the camera puts on 20... I, I no, thought the camera put on... No. Seven, no, no, I thought the camera put on 700 pounds. No. Now I've lost 30... I'll get ready for this. I've lost 33 pounds. Well done. 
But I realised the camera hasn't put on 400 pounds. It just put on 33 pounds, which is strange that now I've lost those 33 pounds. My face looks a little bit slimmer. No, what I'm saying is we have this fear that what we look like is what we think we look like. We've had this conversation about passports. Yeah, but actually the real thing is where do you see yourself most often? In a mirror? In a reflection, yeah. Whether it's a mirror or a piece of glass or whatever, you see yourself back to front. Which way round does a camera see you? This is all too complicated for me. Forward. Yeah, camera sees you the right way round. Every other human being sees you the right way round. So you show people a video of you and everyone just goes, yeah, it's you. You look at it yourself and you go, I look weird. And it's because you normally see yourself back to front. But other people don't normally see you back to front. They normally see you the right way round. And as soon as you realise the only person you look weird to is you, there's less to worry about. And then, yeah, I mean, the other point in terms of how you sound, and this is the same for podcasts and audio and things like that, is, you know, when you speak, you hear your voice before it leaves your body. Everybody else hears it after it's left your body, including the microphone. So the only person that it sounds weird to is you, because you normally hear your voice as it resonates through your frame. You know, so you sound different to you, but you sound like you to everybody else. And yeah, that's strange. In 142 episodes, I've just learned something new. Well, there you go. It's not the first thing you've learned. <laughs> I was waiting to see. It's not the first thing you've learned. I was waiting to see how long it took you to pick up on that. No, but that's interesting that you hear your voice in a different way because it's your voice, but the other person hears it in a different way. Exactly. And and you see yourself back to front most of the time, whereas everybody else sees you the right way around. And so if you realise that when you're on video, the image that's on video and the sound that's on video is actually what everybody else is used to. The only person it's weird to is you. And, you know, one of the points that I I make to a lot of businesses around video is, you know, who are you making videos for? You know, are you trying to sell stuff to yourself? Now, if you're trying to sell stuff to yourself and you think you look and sound weird, then that's going to be a problem. But if your client isn't you and you look and sound normal to them, you look and sound like you would if they met you to them, then actually it's a really good thing to do and to get out there because it's probably the closest thing you can do to having a face-to-face conversation with somebody. You know, And one of the things that I've been working on with some of my clients recently is helping them to craft videos that actually explain the process of what their business does. So if you think about you know, what might be the first 20, 30 minutes of an initial appointment with a potential new client, they're wrapping that up in a video that's maybe 15 minutes long and they're sending it out before the appointment, which then makes the appointment more qualified and way more effective because you haven't got a, okay, so tell me more about what you do. Oh, I don't really want that. They know what you do before you even get there. And so it's a deeper conversation and they've already started to sell themselves on it, you know, and it's, and it's that kind of thing that's actually really easy to do if you just get over the fear of being on camera. And also that person will feel like they know you a little bit because they've watched you for 20 minutes. Yeah, that's kind of interesting because I'm always amazed when a client rings up and says, I've seen a couple of your YouTube videos and we'd like you to do that. Yep. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, why don't you just watch the video? Yep. And I said, because we'd like to see you physically doing that yep but but you're right people who ring me up have normally seen something yeah exactly something but i mean again as a speaker you know there are people that have watched like an entire speech that i do right they've watched an entire presentation maybe an hour long hour and a half long whatever on a video but then they still want me to come and do it live at their event and a bit like you just described sometimes you're like but you've already seen it like you know and yeah okay it's a little bit different every time but you've already seen it but you think about like a a band that you like you know if you've bought their album do you still go and see them live on stage 
And you want them to do the songs you know. Exactly, yeah. You don't, you don't want their new stuff. No, exactly. You, you, you want the stuff you know is good. You want the stuff that you know is going to make people, you know, enjoy themselves. If it's a comedian, you want some of the old jokes that you know make everybody laugh. You know, you don't want the fresh new material that you don't know if it works. You want the stuff that you know works. And so, you know, it's um, it, it's funny in a way. I've, you know, I've seen interviews with bands where they talk about like, their, you know, their most famous song is the one they hate performing live. And I never got it. But having spent years walking on stages myself now, there are certain things people kind of expect to come out of my mouth when I do. And I might be a bit bored of them, but I forget that the audience is new, or at least some of them are, and it's fresh to them. Or it's the thing they want a reminder of. or you know. So I don't have to keep reinventing stuff because people want some of those greatest hits thrown in there. You know, it doesn't mean nothing changes. It definitely does because the world changes. But you know, if you turned up and you stopped talking about zoo animals, people would go, where's Nigel gone? What's this all about? You know, and it's and, I, and there's I certain forget, aspects that I have to stay. Because I used to try and be clever with certain audiences to give them brand new material. Yep. And you nearly see the audience going, "So, are you going to do the joke about the towels? Are you going to do the stuff about?" And you're going, "Yeah, but." So let me go back a step because you you said something really interesting there that we don't put ourselves out there because either we're scared or we're nervous. But if we don't put ourselves out there, when are we going to put ourselves out there? And if ever you've had time to rehearse, practice, video, whatever. I mean, I was practicing on this avatar four or five times, more than I probably ever practiced on something, because it just seemed a bit bizarre for me to be... I mean, forget that I don't know what I look like because you had to create an avatar. I wasn't that brilliant in understanding how to change facial hair. And I don't know if I was with a beard or I was in the yellow trousers <laughs> or whatever. Because I was, fa- again, I was facing them. Yeah. I've, I didn't turn around. So they obviously could see a different. But I had my screen. So I, I could put up some videos on a screen and then I felt a bit more comfortable. So even with all my experience, I wanted them to be able to see me physically speaking. So I still allowed myself to put up a screen because behind me, apparently, were three different screens. You could put videos, uh, the theme from YPO, and then there was a a video camera. Mm -hmm. So here's a question for everyone who's listening. What have you avoided doing over the last 18 months? When are you going to stop avoiding doing it? And what would need to happen for you to start putting yourself out there to be noticed, attracted, um, trying to think of another word, to put yourself on show where you may get either knockback, rejection, or, God forbid, booked, rebooked, hired. I mean, I, I was talking to a client the other day. I said, the only way never, ever to get bad feedback is don't put yourself out there. Yep. So I said, if you don't ever want any feedback whatsoever, sit in your room, don't do anything. Yep. And then you'll never be criticised. The problem is it's a lonely existence. So yep. I don't know how long we'd be going on for this episode. Yeah, we're, we're, we're up to nearly 15 minutes. But the one thing I was going to add on the end of, of the questions you've just asked is, um, you know, you mentioned resumes and TikTok and whatever. Um, if you just think of resumes in general, regardless of the format that they're in, what's your greatest hits album? Like if I said to you right now, look back over your career or over your relationships or your life, like any area of your life, What's on your greatest hits album and how do you show up and perform those songs in your life today? Because if it's something that you know you're brilliant at and you've made a huge impact on other people with and you're not doing it, why not? Or showing it in some format. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Why not? Why are you not showing up with those those amazing attributes that you've got? And anyone that says I haven't got any, you know, take more time and think about it because I guarantee you have. Guarantee you have. 
Love that question. I'll see you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Your best shit starts right here.